You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. If you're watching us uh, online, thank you for uh, tuning in. We honor you. Uh, we hope to see you in person. We're here every Sunday, and uh, we, it's, it's, it's getting better every week. This post-COVID, uh, I'm calling it post-COVID, guys. Can we do that? Is it too soon to call it post-COVID? Let's call it post-pandemic and, uh, and, 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 and move. Um, <clears throat> I hope that's not controversial. I don't mean to make any controversial statements. I just, I just want us to move forward and cross this mountain and this valley, whatever this is. Um, we're in a series titled... Uh, Living in Your Element, and this is week four, part four of a five-part series. We're, we're, we're ending next week, um, but we had a great uh, three weeks so far. Uh, first week, we talked about the attitude of faith, and we're sharing attitudes that help you live in your element. Second week, we talked about the attitude of humility. My wife, Fellini, shared a great message, and then last week was Easter. We got to celebrate with two awesome services. The room was filled. Kids were having fun. It was, it was like winter cold almost, uh, but we, we had tons of fun and had some, some food trucks for you guys. If you were here, you know. If you weren't, uh, we missed you, and, and you missed it too, so sorry, uh, but uh, <laughs> I hope to see you next week, uh, next year, 365 days. You can start the countdown. <laughs> and this week, I want to I share part four of this series. Um, last week, we talked about the attitude of endurance. Uh, why is it important to endure, and some of the benefits of endurance. And this week, I want to continue with a message titled, Attitude of Gratitude. Sounds like a cliche, but I promise you it's not. Some things are said repeatedly because they're really, really true. And uh, the Attitude of Gratitude is the title of the message. If you want to follow on the app, we have some filling in the blanks there for you as well. Now, we talk a lot about gratitude here at Connect Community. And we talk about it because it's important. We did a series last year, and we talked about gratitude as well. Um, that's because we noticed that our culture is becoming increasingly entitled. It's about what is my right and what I need and what I get and what I deserve. And the more we walk toward that, in that direction, the less grateful we become. We actually become increasingly ungrateful. And ungratefulness has all sorts of ramifications. It's just not about what you get or what you don't get. It has psychological, mental, emotional ramifications. It affects our relationships. It affects our careers. It affects our life. And it affects virtually uh, every, every way that you see your present situation. And sometimes what happens is uh, it's not that we are in a bad spot. It's that we're in a transition or in the middle or we're, we're going through something but because we, have, we are ungrateful, we feel like the world is falling apart and everything is going wrong. So that's why gratitude is so important. And if we're going to live in our element, if we're going to, to thrive and grow in our lives, if we're going to grow in our relationship with God, if we're going to have harmony in our homes, gratitude is a primary necessity for you to live in your element. It's really important. This is the way the Apostle Paul puts it when he is teaching the church in Colossians. Uh, chapter 3 of Colossians, verses 13 to 17, he says this, And above all this, these, put on love, 
which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Verse 15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and listen to this, and be, can we all say that? Thankful. And be thankful. Look at somebody and just say, hey, be thankful. Be thankful. Yeah. Let the word of Christ dwell in, your, in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Three times he mentions and calls people to be thankful. And I want to highlight a few characteristics of gratitude today that I believe will help you live in your element. Man, we are called to live in our purpose. And there are so many distractions today, specifically with technology that just pull your attention away. You have no downtime. Nobody has meditation time. Nobody has time to actually think about life and where the direction of their lives. And, and, and sometimes we can find ourselves overwhelmed and lost because we're always active. And so today, I want us to take this, this moment that we're here together. You're prioritizing your relationship with God. You, you left your home. You drove here. And you're here. So uh, we're going to highlight a few things that are important in gratitude. First thing is this that I want to highlight. Gratitude is a choice. Everybody say choice. Uh, gratitude is a choice. The scripture says, be grateful. It's, it's telling us that we can do it with no condition. We could just... Be grateful. And we have to be reminded of it because our first reaction typically when we're going through life is to complain. It's so easy to complain. My voice cracked there, but it's true. <laughs> it's so easy to complain. But this is what happens. When we give in to complaining, many times what we're doing is we're setting up a condition for gratitude. When we have a complaint and, or, or when we voice a dissatisfaction, in one way what we're saying is, I cannot be grateful until this thing is resolved. I can't be grateful until there's a resolution. I can't be grateful until I reach that place. I, I, I can't be grateful for where I am right now because I'm not satisfied. That mindset can be pernicious because it implies that gratitude is a result of satisfaction. That you have to be satisfied first, and then you can be grateful. That you can only be grateful when your desires and your expectations are met. But gratitude, in that sense, becomes conditional when you complain. And that's not good. That's backwards. That's not gratitude. That's entitlement. And I'll say why. Because... What you're saying is that you should have or attain or reach because that's due to you and you focus on that and you lose that sense of, of satisfaction. Now, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that you should have no expectations for the future or that, or that it's wrong for you to aim high. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you should settle for less and just be glad that you're here. And, and have no aim for the future and be okay with where you are. What I'm saying is that gratitude is the decision to recognize that you are blessed today. The way you are today is a place of blessing. 
That, that even you, though you might be going through circumstances and situations, that there are blessings and there's good in your life that you can be grateful for. There are things that you are afforded right now that you can be grateful for. Food to eat, people to love, a roof over your head, the breath in your lungs. There are things that you didn't pick, that you didn't choose, that, that were given to you freely by God. The ability to see, to hear, to eat, to move. All these are gifts that God has given us and that we have received freely. It's easy to be ungrateful. It's really easy to complain. It's easy to complain about things. It'd be like Eeyore. Remember Eeyore? Summer is too hot. The snow is annoying. I'm trying to do the Eeyore voice. The pollen makes my eyes itch. <laughs> I can't believe Tom Brady quit the NFL. Football will never be the same. Tom Brady came back. He can't make up his mind. <laughs> How about this? And I can't believe that a Canadian team is leading the, the Major League Baseball right now. Do you know that? The Blue Jays are ahead of everybody? Yeah. That's why it's called the World Series, okay? Worldwide, Canada. <laughs> Here's the problem. The more you complain, the more negative your outlook becomes. That's what happens on your psyche. That's what happens in, 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 in inside. The more you complain, the more you focus on what's wrong. The more you will perceive what's wrong and let that lead your thinking. Let me encourage you today to choose gratitude first. You don't have to lower your standards to be grateful. You could just voice and focus on what's right. You can look at what's right. You can look at your blessings. And you can say, I'm not where I want to be. But thank God that I'm not where I used to be. I still have things to accomplish, but I'm making good progress. I'm moving forward, and thank God for that. When you focus on what's right, you will realize that not only gratitude is a choice, but you will, you will free your mind to look at what's good and to build on that. The second thing I want to highlight today is that gratitude produces satisfaction. We often assume the opposite. We say, when I'm satisfied... Then I'll be grateful, like I said before. When I get the degree, I'll be grateful. When the business turns a profit, I'll be grateful. When my spouse stops, stops annoying me, don't elbow anybody, I'll be grateful. When the Jets start winning, I'll be dreaming. I mean, I'll be grateful. Low blow, right? But there's a spiritual principle where gratitude leads the way to satisfaction. Gratitude can lead the way. To satisfaction. When Jesus fed thousands of people, Scripture records that in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, he fed thousands of people and he had seven loaves of bread and two fish. And Scripture says in, in, in Matthew 15 that he took the seven loaves of, and the fish, uh, verse 36, and have given thanks, he broke them, and he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up the seven baskets full of broken pieces left over. Now, this is a principle. It's a principle that says and teaches us that when you bring what we have to God, and we offer it to God with, with gratitude, he will satisfy us. When, when we offer the little that we have, he will produce what we need in our lives. And I challenge you to do this. 
I challenge you to practice this scripture in your own life. What is an area in your life that is lacking today? That you know it's lacking. What is an area of your, on your, on your life, uh, in your life that you know it doesn't feel like it's enough just yet? I, I, I challenge you to offer it to God with thanksgiving and ask Him to use it for His purpose, to do that in your life. You, you, you can say, maybe, maybe it's your job. You can say, thank you, God, for my job. It's not where I want to be yet, but I'm grateful that I have a job. And, and I ask you to use my presence there for your purpose. Use my relationships at work for your purpose. Open my eyes to see the opportunities that I may have to be a blessing. Thank you, God, for my family. We don't get along as I wish we did. We don't see eye to eye on many things. But I thank you that I have a family. I thank you for them. I thank you that I, that I have them in my life. And I ask you to use me to be a blessing in their lives. Open my eyes in how I can be a blessing in their lives. The moment you begin to develop gratitude to God for the things that you, you, you are not yet content with, the things that are not good yet, that you don't feel like you've arrived, that there's still a work in progress, or they're lacking, you'll begin to see a shift in your heart and a shift in the perspective on how you see those things. Yeah, it might take some time for you to get to your desired destination. But along the way, you will find satisfaction. Along the way, you will find a place where God is going to minister to your heart and help you see the things that are right. I read this post on the Harvard Health Publishing that mentioned a research that was done by two psychologists, Dr. Robert Emmons of the University of California and Dr. Michael McCullough of the University of Miami. And in this study, they asked all participants that were being a part of this study to write a few sentences each week. And they would focus on specific topics and they divided them in three groups. These particular topics that they focused on were, were, were this. One group, they, were about to, they, they had to write about the things that they were grateful for each week. And then the second group, they wrote about their daily irritations. Everything that got them mad. Everything that displeased them. I bet that list was a lot bigger, huh? And then the third group wrote about the events that had affected them with no emphasis on whether they were good or they were bad, just describing what happened. And then they analyzed the results. After 10 weeks of doing this every day, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic, they felt better about their lives, and surprisingly, they were exercising more. They were going to the gym more often. They had fewer doctor visits. They didn't have to go to the doctor as much. And, and, and that's compared to those who focused on aggravation and problems. The, 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 the ripple effect of gratitude in our lives goes well beyond simply saying thank you or being nice. It has a deep effect in our emotions and how we lead our lives and the interactions that we have and everything else. So having an attitude of gratitude can really change your life. It really can change the way you lead your life. If you're going to live in your element, if we're going to lead lives that exist to fully operate in the realm of what God has called you to operate in. Remember, we all have a calling. That's why you're here today, because you're seeking from God and you want to you lay down your burdens and you want to receive from God direction and guidance. And gratitude, it might be the thing that's missing 
in your life to bring you to that place of satisfaction where you don't have to wait until the end to be satisfied in your heart. That comes with being grateful. And lastly, the third thing I want to highlight about gratitude is this. Gratitude helps you focus. How does it do that? How does gratitude help you focus? Well, what happens is that too many people uh, nowadays spend more time complaining than to saying thanks. And when you focus on being grateful, what you do is that you focus, you change your focus from what's wrong to what is right. For, for, uh, great gratitude is kind of like a sorting mechanism because you focus on the things that are right that you can be grateful for. You stop looking at what's not working and you focus on what is working. It doesn't mean that you neglect what's not working. It doesn't mean that you neglect the areas that need to get better. It just means that you change your focus from thinking that all that's wrong is primary to thinking that all the things that are good and that are holy and that are wholesome are the primary things. Not every part of your life might be working well right now and because that's how life goes at times. But if you dwell on that, that negativity will weigh on you so much that it can really drain your motivation. It can drain the way, uh, just your, your drive. That's because our brains are wired to pay more attention and to retain what's negative than what's positive. Did you know that? There's, it's a great thing to avoid uh, uh, the disability that we have to, to retain the negative. It's great when it comes to avoiding danger, right? You only, you only get burned once. Put your hand in the fire, and that's it. You learned. Because why? Your, your, your body, your mind retains that negative experience. If you're handling something sharp and you cut yourself, you never forget that. In fact, I have a story. I, when I was a little boy, my brother Elvis, yes, I have a brother named Elvis. And I have a sister named Priscilla. You can tell we had blue suede shoes at our house growing up, right? My dad loved Elvis. And, uh, and my, my, my brother Elvis, he's older than I. And... We had, growing up, we had this, this balcony on the second level that uh, had a, a, one of those old glass doors, a uh, single pane, glass pane door. And he thought it would be funny to lock me and my little cousin, girl cousin, uh, out in that, uh, in that balcony. And so he locked the door, closed the door, locked it. And I wanted to be the hero to this little girl, right? I was little too. I was probably six years old. Uh, but I'm like, hey, step back. I'm going to get us out of here. So I just kicked the glass, broke the glass, sliced my foot on the glass. I got the scars to prove it. And before I noticed, like, the floor was full of blood. And guess what? That was the last time I kicked glass. <laughs> I don't remember much from when I was six years old. I don't know how many of you can have memories of when you were six years old. I don't remember anything from when I was six years old, except that I kicked a glass door and I sliced my foot open. And I told that story to my daughters because I have the scar to prove it. And they, they look at my foot and I'm like, what is this, Dad? I kicked the door. Remembering the negative can be good sometimes in many ways. But this feature that we have to retain the negative 
and, and having that ability that's a much stronger rate than the positive, many times can cause you to focus on the wrong thing. Or even lose focus of what's important. If I told you today that you look beautiful or handsome, that your outfit is fashionable, that your hair looks great and everything looks amazing, you probably feel good and, and you feel confident. But if I follow that up by saying, by the way, your breath stinks, and here's some mint. What would you remember from our interaction? That your shoes are awesome? That you look great? No, you wouldn't remember that. All you'd be thinking about is that you got a skunk in your mouth. <laughs> and you'd be doing like, some of you, you're tempted to do one of these, right? Because we retain the negative more. And sometimes it's, it's not as lighthearted as what I just shared. Sometimes what, what we store in our hearts are sharp words that were spoken when we were little. Sharp words that were spoken when we were young, when we were developing. Somebody saying, you are not good at that. You're lazy. You're, you can't pay attention to things. You're not organized. You're messy. You can't solve problems. You're bad. Words that have been spoken that we store in our hearts and we let it shape how we behave. And most of the time, they're not true. The ability is in you and it's untapped. Because you haven't dared to cross those words. You haven't dared to put them aside and believe in what God has spoken. Believe in the good that he has said about you. And so you, you manifest those negative words because you focus on them. And what God is leading us to is to a mindset of gratitude. Be thankful. Focus on your relationship with Christ. Why? Because he calls you to newness of life. He calls you to let go of the old. He calls you to let go of those words. To let go of those interactions. To let go of, of those moments of, of sharp negativity that you might have had with a family member. A former relationship. Something that you went through that scarred you. It might be fresh because it just happened. It might be old because it happened years ago. Decades ago. But still has a grasp in your heart. What is it? that you're supposed to let go now, that you can focus on gratitude and allow God to change your focus from what's negative and what's holding you back. God wants to do that for you. He wants to change your heart and to change your mind because negativity can, can be a stronghold and steal our focus. And you may say, J.D., how can I break away from that? An attitude of gratitude is one way. It's a great way for you to do that. Because like I said earlier, gratitude becomes a sorting mechanism. You begin to choose the things that you're going to pay attention to. You begin to choose the things that you're going to dwell in, in your mind, in your thought life. And when you practice gratitude, you define the thing that is meaningful and valuable. And you spend your time and your effort and your resources on that. That means you don't think about it. You practice with words 
and with deeds. You not just have it here in your mind, you actually practice. You, you'll be able to focus on the right things. In other words, instead of focusing on what's wrong in your life, you focus on what's right. Instead of focusing on the wrong things in your marriage, you focus on the right things. Instead of focusing on what's wrong at work, what's wrong at school, you focus on the right thing. And practically, it means you act it out. You actually act this out. You say, thank you, God, for the things that are right in my life. I thank you for my home. And because I'm grateful for my home, I take care of it. I keep it clean. I keep it nice. I thank you for my relationships, God. And because you're grateful for your relationships, you're attentive to it. You're a good friend. You, you're, you care. God, I thank you. I thank you for my church. I thank you for this church. And because you are grateful, you pray for it. You, you do what you can to stay connected, to support the local church. You thank God for your marriage. And because you're grateful, you tell your spouse the things that you're grateful for. What you're grateful for in them. What specifically you're grateful for. The areas of your relationship that you appreciate. And because you say it, you put good focus on it to make it better. Because you are manifesting that belief. You're grateful that you have a job. That you have an education. So you become an exemplary worker. You become an exemplary student. And you apply yourself because you value it. When you know what you're grateful for, you know what will be worth your time. When you sort out through the things that you're grateful for, you know what's worth your resources, what's worth your time. And for some of you, you might be, you might, you might be a process a person that processes verbally. You might, be, you might need to say it out loud. Some of you need to write it down. Actually make a list of the things that you're grateful for if you haven't done that yet. Because what you're going to do is you're going to sort through the things that you need to focus in and you're going to sort through the things that you're going to apply your time and apply your resources so that you can get those things and make them better. And that is why we're here today, isn't it? Because we're applying our hearts. That's why you're watching online. You're applying our hearts to value time with God. There's this scripture that came to my heart. It's, I don't have it in my notes. But I want to close with it right now. It's Philemon chapter 4, um, verse 8. It's a well-known scripture. I'm going to pull it in my Bible. I typically have all my things in my notes, but it just came to my heart right now. And it's a great, great list for you to focus on. In fact, this could be a great scripture. I said Philemon. It's Philippians. Sorry. Uh, uh, right here. I can't find a scripture in my own Bible. Um, where is Philippians 4.8? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. It's all glued together. There you go. 4.8. Check this out. Finally, brothers, whatever is true. Oh, look at you. Whatever is true. I should have just asked you to pull it up. Whatever is true. Let's read together. Whatever is true. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, 
think about these things. Let's say it again. Can you go back? Finally, brothers and sisters, it's for everybody, okay? Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worth of, worthy of praise, think about these things. What Paul is writing to this church is these guys are suffering. They're, they're living in a season where there's persecution. And, and he's saying, listen, life is hard. It's difficult. You have challenges coming at you every which way. Here's what you focus on. Focus on what's good, what's commendable, what's true, what's honorable. And as you do that, your heart begins to change and you begin to have the ability to be grateful because gr gratitude helps you focus. So remember, gratitude is a choice. Gratitude produces satisfaction and gratitude helps you focus. If you make gratitude a priority, you will continue to move forward, not in mediocrity, not with a heavy heart, but you'll be able to enjoy life as you progress, grow, and move toward God's call in your life. And you will live in your element. Do you receive it this morning? Amen.